The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. We are back here at MMAfighting.com with the matchmaking thinking crowns on to discuss the fallout of the mesmerizing, unforgettable, unbelievable UFC Vegas 77 event, which went down on Saturday night at the hallowed apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we have a new title contender emerging in the women's 135-pound division. We'll talk about that and more on today's show. Thank you for joining us this week. I am Mike Heck, and folks, this is usually the time where I introduce my best friend, Alexander K. Lee, but he is on vacation, a well-deserved vacation. And for the first time in the history of this show, around three or so years, hundreds of episodes, I am here on Otno, Without my best friend. Now, I've had vacation times, and AK has done the show without me, but I've never done the show without him. But stepping in and doing so admirably after a long night of covering UFC Apex events, he's Mr. No Gray Area from No Bets Barred and More, the crown prince of predictions from MMAfighting.com. He is Jed Mishu in the co-host chair this week. What a treat. Jed, how are you, sir? Is that true? In my head, like I know I've done Otno a couple of times. In my head, it had been I had done one with you. I didn't realize I had just done them with with AK when you were indisposed. So very excited. Some, um, you know, I uh, I'll be honest. Kind of wish I was getting the call up for a bit of a better card. Uh, but you know, I uh, I stepped in. I did the the predictions this week for AK. So I'm really just taking his job from him. Is my my new plan. Very soon, you'll see me as the co-host of the ranking show. Uh, I'll be doing morning weigh-in coverage. We're just going to slowly push AK all the way out because that's what happens when you go on vacation. Who gets vacations in this industry, Mike? Not us. Not me. Couldn't be me. I mean, I think we need him every every now and again, but who knows? <laughs> Maybe you'll get tagged in for a robbery review, Jed, because apparently there needs to be one, and we'll talk about that fight for sure, but... uh I must admit, I can't lie to America, paraphrasing my best friend. Or the world. I did not, I did a lot, not of, lot of listeners outside of America, Mike. Don't lie to I, the world. I can't lie to the world. Uh, 
I did not make it through the main card live. I fell asleep <laughs> right after Norbert Dumont was announced the winner against Chelsea Chandler. What? I just couldn't do it. I, I just I don't remember. I woke up and all I saw on my television screen was the broadcast has ended. Go in peace. And I went back, woke up this morning. I watched the final four fights. It appears I should have hung on a little bit longer because the last four fights were pretty good. Did you enjoy yourself watching this card, Jen? I know UFC 290 was one of the best events ever. Come back with this one. It's just not going to be the same feeling, obviously, but we didn't have expect that going in. Did you enjoy yourself last night watching this fight card? You know, before I even answer that, just shout out to you. You come at this saying, I can't lie. You have nothing to lie about because you made it through the prelims when you didn't have to. And that, <laughs> that good, sir, is an achievement because you go through this. The prelims were a very tough hang. We are talking about six decisions of various varying competitiveness and then the thing that would keep you up, that might keep you up at night, because it certainly weighed heavily on me, the the Estela Nunes arm injury. But the prelims were tough. The main card was much better. And I sort of said something um, along those lines coming into this of like, hey, look, uh, the prelims have maybe some decent matchups. And there were some okay fights there, not, not trying to, to trash it. But there were several spots on the main card that I was pumped about. Lightweight continues to be the best division in this sport. We had three lightweight fights, and they were all bangers. And then you got a couple of other good things. Jun Young Park, we're going to talk about. So the main card was pretty solid. Frankly, the Dumont-Chandler fight was the worst of the main card fights. So the fact that you even made through it, credit to you. And then we've we got that co-main to talk about. And the main event went as well as could be expected. Honestly, that is the best possible outcome of how things could go down, not just from a winner standpoint, but the fact that it wasn't 25 minutes of Holly Holm doing Holly Holm things. Not, not bad. I'm just, insofar as this could be acceptable, it was the baseline of passability. Um, <laughs> would have been a lot doper if it wasn't two in the morning when this thing wrapped. But if you watch fights, it, it was not the worst experience you've ever had on Saturday. I would agree with that. So let's get into this. Let's start at the main event because there are people, I believe you are one of those people who said, you know what? There is no champion in this division after Amanda Nunes retired at UFC 289. Let's just raise the stakes and slap the vacant Bantamweight belt on this fight between Holly Holm and Myra Bueno. So I know AK was on top of the mountaintop screaming this. And wouldn't you know it, if they did do that, Jed, if they happened to do that, We'd be talking this morning as we record about Myra Bueno Silva being the champion of the world after submitting Holly Holm in round two. Now, MBS was a player heading in. She is an, absolutely a player now. And right now, Jed, there's Juliana Pena, there's Raquel Pennington, and now there's Myra Bueno Silva. Someone is about to be pretty pissed off here because we can't do triple threat matches in the UFC. So my question to you is, did Myra Bueno Silva punch her ticket to the vacant title fight? And if so, who will she fight? So um, I chose to approach this. You know, I've done this before, so I know a little bit. I chose to approach this one as magic wand, not crystal ball here. I I believe, if we're going crystal ball, I believe what will happen is that MBS has punched herself a title shot, but it won't come next. I think they will just put her cage side for the the inevitable Pennington Pena title fight that we will have 
sometime at the end of this year is my guess. But if I were doing it, my magic wand, the fight I want, I want Mara Buena Silva versus Raquel Pennington for the vacant belt. Uh, absolutely disrespect intended to Juliana Pena. <laughs> she has no wins over current UFC fighters. And I, I brought that, that fun little stat up on the post show. And uh, New York Rick was kind enough to make the case for Pena and say, well, she does have a win over Amanda Nunes, who just retired. And that is true. Doesn't doesn't take away from what I said. Amanda Nunes is not currently an active UFC fighter. Also, don't know if you guys watched the rematch. If you haven't, uh, you, you can go watch a 25-minute snuff film. You know, if you're into that sort of hostile saw kind of terror, you can watch Amanda Nunes just club this woman around the cage for the better part of half an hour. Um, so I would say that if you don't have any wins over literally anybody currently in in the division, perhaps you should get one of those before you get to fight for a title. And on the other side of that, Raquel Pennington's on a five-fight win streak. Maya Buena Silva's on a four-fight win streak. To me, these are the clear two best women who are putting in that work in the weight class. I would love to see merit rewarded. My magic wand is is Rocky versus MBS for the vacant belt. I, I don't hate it. I think, as you like to say, there's no wrong way to eat this Reese's. I think you Correct. can make cases for all of this. You're going more magic wand. I mean, I'm going to play it safe here. AK's not here, so I have to play the the crystal ball. Because obviously, submitting Holly Holm should get you in a title fight. And like you alluded to earlier, I do think her next fight will be for the title no matter what. But I also feel as if the UFC has already made up their minds with this Pena-Pennington thing. And there is a bit of heat on this one. The tough history. Pennington's not a big talker. She doesn't talk a lot of trash. But when she does talk trash, it is all thrown in the direction of Juliana Pena. She does not like this woman at all. Are either of these fight options massive draws? Of course not. But the most interesting storyline this division could have right now with the promotional machine behind it if they do some fun and interesting things it is Pena Pennington by a long shot so yes I will crystal ball this I think the UFC will go with the original plan Myra Bueno Silva gets the winner and I think she has a very good chance to be mid 2024 as the women's bantamweight champ so great win for her she's in a fantastic position right now Jed yeah I mean this was just a terrific performance from her. Um, don't want to say with whom I was having this conversation because you'll understand in just a moment, but uh, first good win of her career. <laughs> so not, and and frankly, uh, Holly Holm, 41-year-old Holly Holm at this stage of her career, it is questionable how good that is, but uh, speaks a bit to the quality and depth of this division where like she is undeniably going to get a title shot. Her wins at bantamweight in this current iteration, Wu Yanan, Stephanie Egger, Lena Landsberg, and now Holly Holm. And granted, three of those are submissions and were cool, but uh, Stephanie Egger is Stephanie Egger. <laughs> Lena Landsberg uh, on a four-fight losing streak at the moment. <laughs> and uh, Wu Yanan also on a four-fight losing streak at the moment. So not... Not great for for 135, Bob, but she's at least exciting, and that is incredibly helpful to to make her case because not a lot of finishers at 135. 
And she's great on the microphone. She's great. She was awesome on the post fight press conference. She stole the show. Amazing. I, we we talked about it on the post show. I thought her her uh, her interview with DC after was spectacular. She's gonna get docked some points um, for you know the 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 transparent sponsor shout out. Which uh, come on, fighters, like you know this game. Long, you've been in the game long enough now. The UFC isn't gonna let you make that money. They don't want you shouting out the sponsors because it looks bad on the broadcast. You got to find creative ways to work those sponsors in. You gotta. You can't just be like, and I want to thank, here's a list of people I'm reading off my phone. It's got to be a, you know, DC, I just want to talk to everybody. I want to explain, like, I was battling depression, and, you know, what got me through it is my lovely wife. And uh, corn nuts. They're corn to the core, and whenever I was sad, I would eat. You got to work those in naturally. But other than that, she had, like, a wonderful message. Uh, she made a compelling and emotional impassioned argument for a title shot. She brought back the Kenny Florian. I finished fights. Like she was great on the mic. <laughs> this was fantastic. So uh, a plus performance from her. I hope she does get rewarded like we're saying she will. Yeah, I agree with you. Like just be like, hey, I'm in Las Vegas after this fight. I'm going to get a steak and then wink. Like just throw a wink in there, and then it's you, you can make it work. But good win from Ayurveda Silva. Let's head to the co-main event, Jed, because this is what everybody's talking about. A lot of people are screaming shenanigans because Jack Della Maddalena ekes out a split decision against newcomer Basile Hafez. Ended up being a really good fight. Most seem to feel like JDM lost. I watched it this morning, clear-headed, stayed off Twitter, didn't do the round-by-round -round live stuff. Scored a 29-28 for JDM. I thought he won the last two rounds, but this was a very close fight. This is very close to being a parlay buster. I almost had a call GC this morning just to check up on him. And I said on the preview show ahead of 290 before JDM's fight got canceled, I truly thought Josiah Harrell, although undersized, would be able to give JDM a much tougher fight than the odds indicated for the exact reasons we saw last night. Because Harrell can take you down. He has cardio for days. He can push an extreme pace. And as you say, Jed athleticism is a cheat code in MMA. And I'm not saying JDM is not athletic, but Josiah Harrell is a freak athlete. And JDM got taken on three times. He did defend 17 takedowns according to the stats, but that pace began to wear on him as this fight went on. I thought he won. He wants Sean Brady next in Sydney. I don't think he should go that route. And also, I don't know if that's possible with Brady's infection and him being hospitalized, his ability to get ready for that one so soon and then have to travel internationally to Sydney. So I actually don't think he's going to get a ranked guy next. I think the UFC is going to be very careful here. I think he's going to get someone with somewhat of a name, a matchup that will be fun, somewhat favorable in most respects, but challenging in others. And I feel like these guys have already kind of planted the seeds for this one. So Joaquin Buckley, Jed. Let's give him a guy like that. Put him on Sydney. Throw him in there with Joaquin Buckley. If he gets a relatively clean win, we can revisit the Bradys in the top 15, guys. What say you? Ooh. Didn't even think of this one. Trying to digest it now. It's, I mean, it's certainly going to be a fun fight, right? Like, that fight is going to be a good time. And you might see wrestler Buckley come out, particularly after what we just witnessed. Don't hate it. Um, I got two names, and the one I ultimately chose here. Uh, like you... I I don't think the Sean Brady thing should happen, and less even from a timeline thing. Like uh, JDM wants to fight at Sydney, totally understand that, willing to accommodate that. Um, Brady probably can't go there, and even if he could, 
Um, I'm tempering my expectations a bit on JDM coming off this. It's not short notice fights and a big, uh, you know, a lot of tumult and turmoil can make things happen. Um, so you can't, can't dock him too many points, but the confidence with which he jumped bad gillies repeatedly. Um, I said it last night, he might've gotten worked by Sean Brady. And that has been the question. We haven't seen much of his ground game, if at all. And a guy who's going to do that. I said in the post show, that is really concerning at this weight class more than any other welterweight for its entire history has been like defined by grapplers. And still to this day, you look at that top 10, Kamar Usman, Colby Covington, Bilal Muhammad, Hamza Chmaev, Gilbert Burns, Shavkat Rachmanov. That's the top six, not including the champ. Mike, all of those people can do the exact same thing incredibly well. That does not bode well from what we saw from JDM against Basel Hafez on short notice. So I wanted to take a step back. Um, the one I considered but ultimately didn't go with, I think Gunnar Nelson has a big name. So even a step back, it's still a good name, and that is a guy who can test that in a way that would be fun. But my ultimate choice here, I want him to get on Sydney, and you got to find a guy who's who's – well-known and willing to scrap on very short notice, coming off a tough fight with Phil Rowe, Neil Magny. Sort of Neil Magny's job is to do this against rising contenders. He is above JDM in the UFC's rankings. And when has Neil Magny ever said, nah, I can't make a fight in two months? Like, that's just not who he is. So I think you can get Magny to take the fight, and you can get the Sydney one that we want. So that's where I went. Yeah, going just briefly through the the listener picks, I think that's a very popular one. So... Yeah, I, I, I certainly thought, that right. As I looked at my thing, I was like, if we're going to have a Friends Forever moment, that would be the only one. Because it's, it's, uh, it's not breaking new ground. <laughs> I didn't pull one out of nowhere. <laughs> it seems like a pretty clear and obvious one. Uh, like, I wouldn't hate Jeff Neal, but Neal's matched up with Ian Machado Gary, so... That's where I'm at, but I don't think you and I are sharing any of the rest of these. Maybe one. I have a feeling we might hit one, but we'll we'll see how that plays out. It won't be this one because... The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Like you talked about earlier, one thing that continued to be proven on Saturday is that lightweight is the best division in the sport. Every lightweight fight on this card was either fun or violence and ended quickly. And Francisco Prado brought the violence against Otman Azaitar. Nasty spinning back elbow, brutal ground and pound. Dude is fun as hell. First round finish, first UFC win. Hell of a way to do it. 
Where are we going with him in this fun-ass division? Uh, just shouts to this division. The last, like, 10 lightweight fights on UFC cards have been insane. Like, no one remembers last week, but Esteban Rebovich and Kamala Kirk had an awesome fight that would have won fight of the night on, like, many, many Apex events. There's, like, no one's ever going to remember it. Lightweight rules. Um, so for this one, this was maybe the toughest one I had. Um, I'll be honest. It was because I don't want to rush Prado. I, I love Prado as a prospect. He is 21. Um, and look, his, his lone loss in his career is short notice to Jamie Malarkey, who was enormous against him in that cage. And we got to see him fight Atman Izatar, who's a good guy, like good fighter, top 60, something like that, probably in the world. And did great, but I don't want us to take this and be like, all right, 21-year-old kid, big paws and a puppy, let's just shoot him up. We can do that with another lightweight we'll talk about who's a little older, a little more seasoned, can get a bigger bump. I went Clay Guida because I think Clay Guida is that sort of advancement level. It's not a huge step up in competition relatively, but it is a big step up in name. It will test some other parts of his game and... It, this one, like I said, this one was my toughest one, but Clay Guida is where I settled. It's for a second there, I thought we were going to get a Friends Forever on this one, which would have been stunning. Uh, but we are very like we're in the we're in the same neighborhood, and like you, like I I like Prado a lot. The UFC probably shouldn't rush him too quickly, and there's just no need. Yeah, there's no need. But we could throw darts all over the place, and they would land, and all of them make sense. But I'm going my gut here because this one screams, hey, we're in the war room on Tuesday. This isn't perceived as a big step up, but it's probably a fight that's not going to go well for him. Let's send a really fun, dangerous, yet somewhat untested guy in there with a wily veteran to keep the wily veteran busy before we do what we are setting out to do with him next year. So this one, for some reason, just screams to me, Jim Miller's next opponent. I don't know why, but my gut is telling me they're going to chuck him in there with Jim Miller, and Jim Miller's probably going to tap him in the second round. <laughs> so that I want to be clear. I thought of Jim Miller first, and the second part of what you said is exactly why I chose not to, because Jim Miller can very much win that fight, whereas I don't think Clay Guida has a, is going to win this fight. And, like, I don't... Probably just coming off that loss, you don't want to... I, I don't want, like, a a kid with some upside here to go one and two in his first three in tough circumstances, but we're in a very similar vein. So, you know, we're, we're friends adjacent, you know, not friends (laughs) forever, but friends, (laughs) friends right now. I will also say, I did think that maybe there was a chance you could pick this one just because they both did the, the Clay Guida did a fake retirement in his last fight. And we got for whatever unknown reason, Prado did the same. (laughs) Same thing. It's like, maybe that'll be Mike pulling in, but I accept where we landed anyway. Yeah, we are like friends of friends. We're third-party buddies. Associates forever. Yes, fine with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Jun Young Park delivered a not, another non-middleweighty middleweight performance, and I thought we could have a new contender emerge for that prestigious title when this fight was on the books. But how about the Iron Turtle? Iron Turtle, Jen Mishu, getting it done in round two. Rear naked choke against Albert Duraev. Four wins in a row, three finishes in a row, six and one in his last seven fights. 
This was actually pretty easy for me, Jed. Nasruddin Imavov needs an opponent for Paris in September, and I think the Iron Turtle would be a damn good one. What do you think? Do the band, my I cat. knew it. This is the one. <laughs> this was the one. This is the one. I'm like, there's no way he's not picking Nasruddin Imavov here. It was the most obvious one, but I didn't know if it was obvious just to me or to anybody else. <laughs> Friends forever. forever. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're better at – your timing on singing the song is way better than AK's. <laughs> By the way, I, he just must not have been a big fan of the bell. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know why, because it's the most obvious thing in the world to me. Uh, I briefly flirted with the idea of Kyle Borrello, um, just because they're both, you know, doing big things. But I said last night on the post show, I, I want to see Junior Park get his shot at the brass ring. Like I want this man to get an opportunity at the top. He is seven and eight. His lone loss in that run, uh, unbelievable fight with RoboCop where he had RoboCop dead to rights at several points, but RoboCop is incredibly tough and hits real hard. And sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles. So I want him to get his shot. Imovov does need an opponent is it sort of lines up. You know, I would have thought they'd just run back the Imovov Chris Curtis thing, but Chris Curtis is booked. So this one just felt very like a very clear win. Let's give this man his chance to crack into the top 15 because Iron Turtle got some fans, Mike. A lot of the conversation in the post show from the listeners was was Iron Turtle love, and I'm I'm with them. This man has been absolutely electric viewing his last like five times out. Let's let's give him a shot. I completely agree. Let's get him in there with the ranked dude, and let's see how he does. Now let's go to the to the last fight I watched live. Norma Dumont beats Chelsea Chandler. It created the meme of the year with Dumont cracking Chandler and Chandler almost running through the cage wall. And outside of that moment, this was not the most exciting fight of all time. Wasn't really all that competitive. Me picking Chelsea Chandler in our stat picks, this is one of the worst picks I've ever made, but I kind of felt <laughs> like Chandler could weather a storm and just battle back in the third and get some kind of weird finish. But that did not happen. But what the hell do we do here, Jed? Like, will there be a 145 pound division? Was that the last women's featherweight fight? She says she can get to 135, but it doesn't seem like it will be easy. Yeah. So like if she could get there, Dude, she it's not like wait she, for 145. <laughs> yeah. Like even if she can get there, it's not like they're just going to chuck her into a title fight. So She's going to have to win a couple down there before they even consider that. Like, what do we do here? So I think the game plan should just be to let her try 135. The last time she did that, though, uh, she missed weight by almost five pounds. So I do think looking at her, like, her body composition will need to change, but it's not like she physically couldn't find a way to get there. She would just have to absolutely change her body comp. Like, she is too thick to make it at this moment in time. But... Maybe that's what she has to do. I have two fights, two possible fights here. The first one is, I think, the one that will most likely happen because they don't really know what to do with these women. Josie Ann Nunez is also, like, probably should be a bantamweight, but is just hadn't done it, and we don't know. So that's sort of like the spinning the wheels one. The one I think that that I want, my magic wand here. Just doing it. Arlene Blinko. Leave the UFC. Go to Bellator. They have a women's featherweight division. You don't have to do it. Uh, or if you can make the PFL as well, but there's not like a clear fight there. So I went Arlene Blinko and Bellator. Uh, that's where I settled, Mike. Yeah, I, I 
she probably should just go elsewhere at this point. I think that would be the best thing for her. Probably PFL would be her first choice because I think she'd do really well in that tournament. She'd she'd be very competitive. She'd be very competitive. She'd probably make the playoffs. Julia Budd, Pacheco, Kayla Harrison, a lot of fights that can happen over there. Wouldn't Wouldn't be opposed to that at all. If she's going to stick around the UFC, and I know when people hear this, they're going to be like, oh, come on, man. This one's like so obvious of what to do with this fighter, but like you didn't pick it. I'll explain why in a moment because this is a very popular pick coming out of the main event. Let's just give her Holly Holm. Like that's it. That's the fight. 35-45, who gives a shit? If she wants to be positioned as a title threat in any way, shape, or form, she needs to beat somebody with a name and some cachet. Holly Holm is kind of out of the picture for a little while. But we still need to move this division forward with new talent. So let's just throw Norma in there with Holly and see what happens. And the beauty of this, if you do it at 135, Holly coming off of a loss, I don't think this is going to be one of those things where Holly's just going to jump right back into the thick of things. Maybe we see her in December, but probably not till first quarter 2024. Norma can take this time, visit the PI, work with those peeps, get the body comp down to where it needs to be so she can make 135 in a scientific and somewhat healthy way. So let's just give her Holly home. If she wins, cool. She's in the conversation. And if she loses, then Holly Holm's going to headline another fight night card six months after that. And it'll be at the apex and we'll talk about it, I guess. I, I hate this pick, Mike. Sorry. We're not friends forever right now. I hate this so much because, uh, Peeling back the curtain here, I have a different opponent for Holly Holm in mind coming off of this, and it's certainly not Norma Dumont. Right, Uh, and I think I know where you're going to go with this. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll get to the wild card in a moment. And this is probably where I think we're going to end up clashing in a lot of different respects, but I get where you're coming from, and I think a lot of the people who are listeners of this program are going to agree with your pick, but we will find out in a moment because we got to talk about Nazim Sadikov who looked great last night, submitted Terrence McKinney, weathered the the McKinney storm. It's not the same storm as it was when McKinney first got into the UFC, but it's, it was a different kind of a storm. And Sadikoff gets him down in the second, couple fence grabs, and gets the submission. Just another fun fighter at 155 pounds, Jed. Lots of options here. But I want to see what this guy can do. Let's throw him in there with like a top, you know, middle, top 20, top 30-ish kind of a guy. Probably like the, I think I got him at 27, Joe Selecki. Him and Joe Selecki, the scrambles and those that in that fight is just going to be fun as hell. And Joe just knows how to win, man. He just knows how to win fights, and he's very good on BTL. Uh, let's give him Joe Selecki. See how he does. Well, Joe Selecki was number three on my list. I, I like it. Um, I, I understand the logic and reason. And I went in a very, very similar place, frankly. Um, I I was between two guys primarily. One just because the timeline super matchup. Guy coming off a hell of a win over Gurum Kutataladze uh, and Elvis Brenner. But I ultimately went Nazrat Hakparast um, just because I think Hakparast has a little bit more shine. And I want to see what Nazim has. You know, he has looked very good. I was really impressed with the way he battled back from adversity against Terrence McKinney. Uh, Nazrat's coming off that John McDessie win last year. And. That's I think that that's the one that gets Nazim the most juice of of those sort of top thirty guys that are viable because Patty Pimblin ain't fighting this dude or whatever. No. So yeah, so Nazrat's the one that I think gives him the biggest opportunity to 
make himself a more known commodity, and that's where I settled. Yeah, he, he was one of the guys I picked. Let me ask you this. Patty Pimble versus Terrence McKinney, who are you picking right now? I will pick Patty Pimblett in that fight. Um, we talked about this in the post show because in some ways I think that fight kind of makes sense. Um, yeah, it just, does. But I don't think it will happen. I was talked off this by Jose Young. She was like, Patty's not going to do that. Patty's, you know, been been looking, sort of booking himself into a fight with Matt Frivola, who is ranked, and that fight also makes a lot of sense. So I think that's where you get, but... Uh, you know, probably get Terrence McKinney Patty at some point because Patty will lose and McKinney is just going to hang around forever because he's incredibly exciting. So uh, at this moment in time, I would pick Patty just because I know Patty can fight past six minutes and Terrence McKinney can't. <laughs> That's very true. Let's go to the wild card round. We will select one fighter we have not match made for yet and we will match make for them right now. Now, this is going to go one of two ways, Jed. One is you're going to go with the very popular pick of the listeners. A very popular one. Probably the second most popular pick of all. Or two, we are going to be on complete opposite sides of the street. Where we're going to pick the same fighter in some respect. But we're just going to mix and match. But with the same kind of same kind of aisle way that we're going to go down. So I'm very interested to see where you go with this. What is your wild card pick for UFC Vegas 77? My wild card pick is going to be Holly Holm. I do want to give a brief shout out to Azat Maxim, who I briefly thought about matching with Steve Ursaig, and then I was like, no one will care. Let's do Holly Holm. The listeners will care much more. I'm, it, it's time, Mike. It's it's just time, you know? Um, this hasn't hasn't been floated. I haven't heard a lot of this this week because of another fighter out there in the in the <laughs> ecosystem, but... Holly Holm deserves the Legends Tour insofar as we can make one of those happen. I know that Bantamweight sort of requires because there aren't the people, you know, that, that she just kind of keep fighting other contenders. But we're past that. She's 41, coming out there. I had picked home all week, and as soon as I looked at her in the check-in point, I tweeted out, and I immediately placed a rather sizable bet on my Buena Silva. It's like, Holm's just done. She just looks really old. And she did because she is. She's 41. She's been... As, as EKC pointed out in the pre-fight Q&A, she's been doing this professionally for over 20 years. That is just a lifetime to do this. Let's let her, she's going to keep fighting. There can't be that many more of them in the tank. Let's let her get the legend send-off tour. Let's run it back with Misha Tate, the woman who took her belt from her at UFC 196 in an incredible fight, an incredible moment. Misha's kind of hanging out doing the same thing. They were both in almost identical places in their career. Let's just match them up. And that's actually an Apex main event that I'm fine with, that I think most people would be fine with. So low-hanging fruit, but it's the one I took. That is an Apex main event. That is a main event in most audiences in the United say, States. Yeah, that might actually just be like a Orlando main event or something like that. Yeah. Albuquerque. I agree with... Like, Look, obviously I thought about this fight. I thought about this fight. And if this was going to be positioned in any kind of a realistic way as a double retirement fight, then book the shit out of it. Like, get on the phone and let's send contracts out and let's get this fight. Let's at least open and sign this thing. Let's like open and sign it. 100%. We just got the Robbie Lawler fight. Let's do it again with both of them. One of them gets to have the good moment. I agree. 
But that's not going to happen. Holly Holm is not going to retire anytime soon. I just don't think she's going to. And I think Misha's going to keep her options open. So I don't think she's going to retire anytime soon. What's interesting, though, is we're kind of in the same boat, but I went a completely different way. Because we need women's bantamweight fights. And we need fighters to emerge in this division. Badly. We need somebody to shake things up a little bit. To draw interest from the fans to this division in any way, shape, or form. Not just from fans. Maybe former champions who are now commentators. Maybe people on the desk. Maybe other fighters commenting on Twitter. And I feel like Eileen Perez with her personality and getting the jitters out of the way after a pretty tough first fight. She looked, she beat the shit out of Ashley Evans Smith last night. Let's throw her in there with the big name and see how she does. And if she wins, you got something to work with. If she doesn't, you could squeeze some more juice out of that big name. So weirdly enough, Jed, for that reason, I went Eileen Perez versus Misha Tate. Because if Eileen Perez wow, wins and starts okay. twerking all over Misha, she's going to get over big. And at least we have somebody exciting to keep an eye on in this division. As opposed to doing Holm versus Tate, like I said, if it's a retirement fight, sign me up. Like, I'm in. If it's the last fight for both of those women, that's the no-brainer pick. But I don't think it is for either woman, woman right now. So let's just go Eileen Perez versus Misha Tate. Misha loses. Perez gets the bump. Tate will probably be like, all right, I got one more in me. Then you can go to the Holly Holm fight. But I think there's a little bit of juice left in there that the UFC can, can squeeze out of the Misha Tate piece of fruit, if you will. I will say that you are correct in identifying that this is a back pocket fight, that Holm-Tate can happen whenever. It should, at this point, it's, the circumstances don't matter. You just book it and it's fine. I don't. Um, really want an event where Norma Dumont is hot fighting home and Eileen Perez is fighting Misha Tate. Not on the same that event. Like, that just seems like a bummer. That's Not just, on the same event. That just seems like a bummer. <laughs> but I understand where you're coming from, at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's just go into the peeps. We'll react to, Love obviously... The yes, there are a lot of these picks. Um, I'll just go through AK's little spiel. I don't have it written down. Basically, we're just going to do categories, rules. We're going to focus more on the winners. If there's an occasional fight involving someone who was not victorious last night, we'll discuss. We will call out doo-doo picks, whether this would be a rematch and you didn't signify that, or if the fighter that you've selected is booked already, or if something crazy happens. AK is a little nicer. Not really as nice as AK, so we're probably going to call some of those out. Oh, we're going to call a lot of doo-doo. Yes. So let's we've get into a tight this. ship here. We do run a tight ship. Four Corner Sports. Myra Bueno Silva versus the loser. Wow. Ketlin Vieira versus Panny Kanza. Jeez Louise. Why the loser? That's it. That's that's look, insane. Mike, you you can't say it because you've got a you've got a show to run and you can't. That's doo doo pick right there. It's doo doo pick. I don't. I would rather somebody submit a fighter that's booked, teammates, best friends. <laughs> Frankly, husband and wives or what, like spouses. Ah, they won't fight each other. They're literally married. That would be a better than the loser of, of Vieira. Pan. That's an insane Sheesh. pick. Wow. Just not impressed. Four Corner Sports, not impressed by MBS's performance. Uh, he's with you. Holly Holm versus Misha Tate 2. JDM versus Sean Brady. Rebook it. Feel like after this performance, would love to see how JDM performs against someone wrestling heavy like Brady. Francisco Prado versus Ricky Glenn. 
Iron Turtle uh-huh. versus Jacob Malkoon in Sydney for UFC 293. And that's not bad. I don't love it. I'd rather the Imovov fight. It just fight feels like it's, another, it's just another tough like You're asking a lot from the Iron Turtle. It's a better Duraev, in my opinion. Like a better grappling version of Duraev. Yeah. It'd yeah, be a very a similar fight. And Norma and doing Dumont, it in Sydney, too. Like, you're just... Yeah. Let this man eat. Let this man eat. Now I'm kind of worried here because listen to this. Norma Dumont versus someone in the PFL because that's where I feel she would she should go. Unless the UFC makes a title fight between Dumont and Holly Holm for the women's <laughs> title. So, oh yes. I, I mean, you could do that. It'd be fine. But at least we're kind of on the same page with Dumont and Holly in some respects. But we'll see what happens there. Do you think there's any chance they move this division forward, Judd? No. I don't either. I think that over under on women's featherweight fights that happen in the UFC in the next three years is one and a half, I would say. They may be just because they are contractually obligated to offer some remaining fights. They may have to. But as soon as they have everyone off the books that they can, that they will end the weight class. They're not going to put forward on this. And I think that's the right call for them. Yep. For sure. And the only women's featherweight fights they're going to make is if there's Bantamweight fights booked and someone falls out like 10 days before. Short, short notice. And they just make it a 45 fight. Mm-hmm. And he feels uh, Hafez got robbed of a decision last night. Don't really agree with that. John so that's Ray. insane. Yeah, Can we, I do want to ask, what we? What do you want to see from Hafez? We don't need to talk about the insane takes. Uh, Jack, Jack Della made a very, ob- Madalena obviously won that fight. Uh, I scored at 29-27 JDM, which I think is, probably the correct score but if you got 29 28 half as i think i think you are judging with the lens of he was supposed to get killed and not the lens of like actually watching two dudes fist fight what do you want to see from Hafez? because obviously very impressive performance from him nonetheless hmm i mean i definitely i definitely think he's good fialio would be fun somebody like that, that- Fialio got brought up on the post show as a, a really good one. And honestly, love love it. Thought whoever whoever did that, thought that was great. It's exactly the fight to make. Max Griffin's fun one. Um That's also a fun one. Somebody somebody like that. Yeah, I think those uh those are all sensible fights. Maybe a tra- um like a Brian Battle type. There's there's fun fights for him, for sure. I mean, for sure. He certainly made a statement even in a loss on Saturday. Yeah, he had a Diego Lopez moment. It was mm-hmm. like Diego Lopez when he fought Mavzar Avloyev. Stepped in, made a competitive stock rose, even with the loss. The, the Avloyev fight got brought up a lot um, and uh, even got a little bit of uh, Armand Sarukian in there, um, you know, just because of how uh, I know that Sarukian ended up dominating Joaquin Silva, but Silva looked good in stages. So got a lot yep. of that conversation last night as well. John Ray. Oh, Jed, this, this just probably will give you flyweight under nightmares because there's no way you're betting the under in this fight. Maxim versus David Dvorak. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, I mean, flyweight <laughs> unders died already. So there's that, but yeah, um, I don't hate the idea. I, like I said, I was going to throw out Steven Ersig. Um, I get the Dvorak one. I, I just went Ersig cause like, I don't know if Ersig's actually good. He just came in on short notice and beat Dvorak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, Let's see if he's. Let's see where there's at. But yeah, I would say give this guy's seventeen and zero now. Give him somebody in the back end of the rankings. Let him. He's because he's twenty eight. He's not like very young. Let's 
throw him in. See if he can sink or swim. You like Sadikov versus Prado, Dumont versus Josiani Nunez for the vacant featherweight title, Jen Young Park versus Bruno Silva. He likes JDM versus Magny at UFC 293. Bruno uh, Bueno Silva versus the Pena Pennington winner. Predicting that fight happens next. You're probably not wrong there. Yeah, that's pretty right. Gerard, uh, Gerard going uh, with a little different direction than you went. Bueno Silva versus Juliana Pena. Win over home, puts her above Pennington. Again, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but to each their own. Another Holly Holm versus Misha Tate 2, but this is fine. Holly Holm versus Misha Tate 2, double retirement fight. If this is the case, boom, 100%. Do it. Let's have a moment, and do, let's do it right. Prado Giagos, Jung Young Park, Kyle Braulio, Norma Dumont, Josiani Nunes, vacant hundred. Wow, no one wants this division to go away. And people want to see Josiana Nunes get so, her shot at the featherweight title, Jed. Yeah, I should be giving that love to 145 for the last four years. <laughs> where, where's, where's this support for women's featherweight been? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Sadikov versus Claudio Poyas. Melzik Bagdazarian, the cheating fence grabber. Very smart, by the way. I'm not blaming him. Versus Daniel Pineda. By definition, he didn't cheat because it was not called. He right. won, won legitimately within the confines of the rules because the rules allow you to do whatever the hell you want. True story. We, we've preached this enough over the last few years, that's for sure. Uh, Azat Maxim versus Sumadirji. Like it. Drew, let's get to it. JDM showed some worrying fight IQ tonight and suspect grappling. Maybe the two-way cuts really hurt him. Either way, he's probably lucky it wasn't Brady in there tonight. think you do JDM versus the loser of Ian Gary versus Jeff Neal. Can't do it. Maybe you do, you do him over the winner. He's not getting the loser of anything right now. Yeah. That's just not happening unless it's the loser of Gilbert Burns versus like Shavkat or something. Like he's not getting the loser of any fight. Nazim versus the Jai Herbert for Zayem winner. Get the Iron Turn to someone ranked. Seven of his last eight, four in a row. He deserves to step up. I'm giving him Jung Young Park versus Roman Delize. Don't mind that one. Don't mind that fight. That's okay. I think Prado versus Jamie Malarkey is a banger. Well, if you want the answer to that question, young man, you can go back to UFC 284 in February where they already fought each other. <laughs> Jamie Malarkey won a unanimous decision. So we're clear. Francisco Prado has had two fights in the UFC. When I say has had two, this was his second one. <laughs> the first one was Jamie Malarkey. Doo-doo. Sorry. Sorry, dude. That is that that is definitely dude. That's about as bad. That's not quite as bad of doo doo as MBS should fight the loser of Kellen <laughs> Vieira versus Panikian Zad, which is maybe the worst thing I've literally ever heard <laughs> on this program. But it's that's a lot of doo doo. Yeah, Wildcard Costa versus Nate the Train. They both dominated Lingo. Let's see how it goes. That'd be a fun fight. Uh, Hafez, major props to him. He has the grappling chin and grit. Chin and grit to give some welterweights major problems. Do him versus Brian Battle. Sure. Harry, Eileen Perez versus Tamiras Vidal 2. A little rematch on the regional scene. I believe Eileen Perez lost that fight via disqualification. Illegal knee in the second round. Let's just run it back, he says. Look, this isn't this isn't doo-doo. I'm not here to say that it's doo-doo by the rules of doo-doo. We, who was this? This who, is Harry. Who, Harry, we all know what you're doing here. 
You are just trying to make look. Look how smart I am. I know that Alan Perez has already fought Demir's Vidal. Uh, nobody else is going to pick this. And I'm, you're just here to show your big brain off. I'm sorry that I didn't know that they fought at Samurai House too. And you're just trying to make me feel bad because you are diving deeper into the tapology than I am. So credit to you, sir. It's not doo doo, but I still hate it. That is, I mean, look, this, this is a consummate Otno listener. Just looking, hmm, maybe this person. Let's go to Tapology and see if they've fought each other before. Oh, they did fight each other in the regional That's scene. That's a flex Put pick, the two Mike. There. We all know it. He's flexing his MMA knowledge on the rest of us, and I'm not here to make any of us feel bad about not knowing about what happened at Samurai Fight House 2. What if they make this fight? Do you give him shine? I mean, if they make this fight, you have to because he will be the only person to call it. I the only person. I think so. it's the only one I've seen. So he will get the rare and lucrative Otno point, a full Otno point. I mean, uh, Harry, good on you if this happens. Yes. Evan Elder versus Gabriel Miranda. Melky Bar versus David Onama is disgusting violence. Don't disagree. Uh, Nazim versus Manuel Torres. Big Norm versus GDR for her comeback fight, Jed. Okay. Don't hate it. Um, is GDR actually coming back? She says is like- she is, apparently. Sometime maybe October. I mean, I I get. Are we doing that at? I mean, I guess if GDR is coming back, the original UFC Women's Featherweight Champion, by the way, maybe they are keeping the division. Are we doing this at one thirty-five? Is it one forty-five? It's a fine fight, but what what weight class? Need to know that. Yeah, Iron Turtle versus Joe Pfeiffer, Prado versus Sam Patterson, <sighs> JDM versus a grappling IQ test. So Neil Magny. Bueno Silva versus whoever she wants. What a queen. Melzik versus Luis Saldana for the most middleweighty featherweight title. And I love that pick. How about this? Yeah, I think you'd be a fan of this one, Jed, because I think Max Azat Maxim has some talent. He finishes fights. He's usually very fun. Tyson Nam is just Tyson Nam's just a dog. He likes Maxim versus Juan Camillo Ronderos. Have Ronderos do the job and give Azad a highlight. So a little squash match in his eyes. I love squash matches. Um, I will also say, echo everything you say about Tyson Am. Absolute dog. I took a shot on him just because, like, it was pretty Great big pick. odds. Pretty big odds. And I was at the end of it, I was like, I may have just cashed, like, a plus 400 on that. Um, I love the idea of a squash match. I think that that's what... The you've got two ways to go. You either give him a squash match, a here, here's a highlight, 17 and 0. Now we have a highlight to put on your reel for as we move you forward, or you just throw him in. And I, I still think you just throw him in because 17 and 0 is damn impressive, even if you're beating freaking carpenters and cab drivers. Um, but I don't hate the idea. If, if that's the way they want to go, I'd be okay with that as, that as well. Let's go to Toby. Maxim versus Sumadirji. Elder versus Natan Levy. Costa versus TJ Brown. Fun fight. Melsic versus Julian Arosa. Nazim versus Nazarat. He's with you. Dumont versus Duranami. Another one there. Park versus Jack Hermanson in Singapore or Paris. Prado versus McDessie. JDM versus Brady in Sydney. Toby suggests Myra Bueno Silva versus Arini Aldana September 16th on the Mexican Independence Day card. What do you think about that? It's not bad. I still just don't think you do it. I think I, – I don't feel like – and I know that part of this is insane and the deep heads will be like, 
wow, beating Holly Holm in the year 2023 guarantees you a title shot. But, like, it kind of does. Even if she's not what she once was, what else can you expect of any woman at 135 pounds? Beating Holly Holm and not not edging out a very tight split decision, <clears throat> Caitlin Vieira, like, beating her, being the first woman to finish her since Amanda Nunes, and arguably the second most dominant performance over Holly Holm of all time. That that's just got to be good enough. Like we can't ask her to do any more. That seems unfair. So I'm not I'm not there on it. But I mean, the fight itself would be really fun. I'd, I'd be quite interested to see those two women fight at some point, but just not right now for MBS. I'm glad you brought that up because, and I think I'm guilty of this too. People just forget about Irene Aldana in this conversation altogether because Nunes like had yeah, a Nunes performance so against her. Bad, yeah, yeah exactly. And I. Uh, hand up. I totally did. Didn't even think of her once doing this. Yeah. So I, I, I appreciate the pick and Meyer Buena Silva just wants to cash another check and stay busy. That's, that's a good fight. Barry O'Reilly. Hey Mike, long time listener and submitter, but first time submitter to me or to Mike Heck as it says, hope the throat is better. It is my picks for last night's card are Eileen Perez versus Tainara Lisboa. Alex Munoz versus Patty Pimblett with Pimblett being out for so long the UFC are going to give him a, quote, easy comeback fight and can justify this because Munoz just won. Any thoughts about giving Patty a fight with Alex Munoz for his return? Ooh. Um, I don't think you can do it, right? Like, it'd be fun. But it's lightweight, so any lightweight fight is going to be fun. Um, and it wouldn't be the worst. I mean, he's a team alpha male guy, so he's got, got a little bit of love. I think that that is an appropriate matchup skill-wise. It's just not an appropriate matchup name-wise for what Patty's, where Patty's at in his career, what they're trying to do with Patty. That would be a pretty definitive step back for Patty. And even though I think the fight is competitive, like absolutely think the fight's competitive, we, he, Patty has to either fight a big name or a guy with a number, and I think those are the only two options for him. Yeah. But if they do do a just like a yeah, a little tester fight, that's a good one. Uh, Melchizedek Costa versus okay, Dulich. Alex Munoz can be the backup, like right, like if if whoever okay, if Matt Frivola can't make it to the cage, let's call Alex Munoz on short notice to get the patty. I'm okay with that. Costa versus Duho Choi, Miss Korean Superboy. This would be a fun fight that he should win. Would give Costa some shine. Uh, Dudakova versus Emily Dakota. Little Dudakova Dakota hashtag action. There you go. Melsic versus David Onama. Nazim Sadikov versus Michael Johnson. A big step up, but one Sadikov deserves. Win for him would get him plenty of praise while Johnson is in that Miller-Guida stage of his career where he will fight prospects or vets. You like Michael Johnson in that spot? Yeah, I'm uh, absolutely okay with it. I mean, Michael Johnson is... I think Nazareth Hawkfrost is a more meaningful win at this moment in time, which is why I went for it, but I think we're speaking the same language of... I want this guy to get elevated. Want him to have an opportunity. Terrence McKinney is already a step in that direction because people know T Rex and he fairly decently ranked in the overall scheme of lightweights, even with you know his resume. But yeah, I, I think we're speaking the same language there. Um, don't have any issues if they do. If they do Michael Johnson. Another do no. Another Dumont Josiane Nunez women's featherweight title fight. UFC needs to do the thing. I think that that's saying. the fight that we're going to get, and it's but it's not going to be for the title, but it's going to be for the uncrowned UFC women's. You remember that like 
two year stretch. And by remember, I don't even I don't think you were a fan at the point where Dean Thomas was like the uncrowned UFC lightweight champion, but they didn't have a division. That's going to be Norman Dumont and, and Josie Nunez. Just <laughs> who's the best one of the people who compete at this fake weight class in this promotion? John Young Park, he's with versus Imavov. Love that one. Uh, he's with both of us. Prada versus Manuel Torres. Usually I wouldn't match two prospects against each other, but this division is stacked enough. This would be a banger. I think it's too soon for those two guys to fight. Yeah. But who the hell knows? Yeah. I'm with JDM you. JDM versus the winner of Vicente Luque versus RDA. If Luque wins, it'd be a great fight on the feet. Well, if RDA wins, that'd be a big name on JDM's record. If he was to beat him in a fight, they'll probably also test his ground game. Not a bad one. MBS versus the Bantamweight title fight winner. Probably be Pena versus Pennington. Unless it's a fight of the year contender or controversial decision. MBS is the winner. There you go. Thank you. Marcus, do we have anything new here? Uh, Jun Young Park versus Bo Nickel, Jed. What do you think about that idea? Uh, hate it. <laughs> oh, again, I, I know I am very... We talked a little bit about Bo Nickel in the post show, honestly, because of sort of thoughts like this. I know I'm in the minority. I don't want us to rush Bo Nickel at all um, because I had some people throw out uh, Duraev as a Bo Nickel opponent, which isn't awful, but at the same time, I don't know what that's accomplishing for anybody. Um, I just just let Bo Nickel spin his wheels against other other people who nobody knows who they are for the next year and a half so he can learn how to fist fight. And let's let, let's let the Iron Turtle get his opportunity. I, I very much do not like this fight. I went with Puna Soriano for Bo Nickel. Like yeah, a guy's exactly. just going to attack him and get get in his face and try to be the hammer. Yeah, and Bo just, can at least fight a guy scraps. with yeah, just, just fun let fights. Bo Nickel have scraps, not dudes who are top twenty. You know, knocking on the door of contention, just not there. Let him. Let's get at least two more fights. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to get the Cain Velasquez hyper track where he gets one more sort of spin his wheels. And then it's off to the races, but I would love to see him spend the next 18 months just crushing cans, you know, building hype. I, I think Bo is just, I think Bo's just really smart. Like, I think he gets it. Like, obviously, I think there are things he does outside of the octagon that people don't necessarily agree with. But when it comes to his fighting career, I think he gets it, man. Like, he's like, I'm, I'm willing to just take the rest of the year off and I don't care what kind of hype I lose. Like, he gets it. The dude just gets it. He's very smart. He's here for, I know you hate this, Michael Chandler-esque, but he's he's the opposite. He's here for a long time, more than being here for a good time. And he understands that. So, Robbie Ryan. And good, unlike oh, Michael Chandler, Bo Nickel is actually going straight to the top. We can <laughs> we will actually get to see Bo Nickel at the top, as opposed to um, getting brutally knocked out before, before making the summit. <laughs> Let's see. Robbie Ryan. Bueno Silva versus Pennington for the vacant belt. Right place, right time for a new contender to emerge over a former champ. Duranami, Aldana, Vieta, and Kianzad can sort themselves out while Pena heals up and gets the next shot. JDM versus Kevin Holland. Win or lose versus Chiesa. I initially had Gilbert Burns in mind, but after this performance, I think he could do with another tough fight under his belt. I think Gilbert Burns is way too soon. Way too soon. Even if JDM went out there and starched him in the first round, I think Burns is too soon. I think that's the exact worst way to book fighters. Um, because it is way too soon. And if both outcomes are bad, Gilbert Burns just teaches him a lesson that doesn't do anything for anybody. JDM wins. It's still bad. Like it's, 
he is now he has now skipped the mid tier of this division filled with guys who are extremely difficult, and by doing so has beaten a guy who's getting older, looking like he's getting older in his recent performances. They're still good, but to me, it's pretty clear that Burns is on the back nine right now, and that just is going to shoot him ahead of schedule into a place that could be really bad. And the only division that kind of works is a heavyweight. You do it at welterweight. He beats Burns. He's going to have to fight like Bilal Muhammad. And Bilal Muhammad is going to take that man to school in a way that is very, very difficult for him to recover from. So I super don't make that matchup. I like the Kevin Holland fight. And why? That, and I completely agree with you. Why skip the middle tier? Think of the fights we can get. We can get JDM Luque. We can get JDM Wonderboy. JDM Michelle Pereira. Like all these matchups. Jeff Neal. Like all these fights for JDM are super fun before he gets to the guys who are just going to tackle him and sit on top of him for t- for 15 to 25 minutes. So we don't want to skip that middle tier. That's going to be like the best the middle tier time. The fun is the fun tier. <laughs> Where the fun things are going to happen. <laughs> we want the fun stuff. He also likes Prado versus uh, Hafa Garcia. Park versus the Mearshart Petrosky winner. I think Park deserves a rank guy. I think we've already talked about that enough. Mm-hmm. Dumont versus Jocelyn Edwards. Sadikov versus another Sadikov, Torres. And then he said, I thought I heard it mentioned by some that Pena was injured. If I'm tripping and she's not, title fight should be Pena versus Pennington. Bueno Silva should fight Jermaine Duran and me for the next title shot. So... The injury, at least this is what Dana White said, uh, Pena had broken ribs. And typically that's like a six to eight week, six to eight week recovery at worst. So I don't think it's going to keep Pena out like for the rest of the year or anything like that. So I would expect Pena to be ready to fight before 2023 is done. Pena and Pennington are going to be the co-main event at the November card. Maybe at December. It's just going to be one of those two. I feel like... The only thing that was going to stop that is if Holly Holm had somehow really impressed on Saturday with a win, maybe they slot her in instead because of how much they love Holm, former champion in that narrative. The die is cast. It's November or December, Pena and Pennington fight for this vacant title. And MBS should just be front and center. Bring her in. She can weigh in as the backup fighter. So she, uh, quote unquote, officially is next in line or whatever. And you can do that whole promotional thing. Easy to do it. Just run with it. Yeah, I think November is probably when that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to be the co-main event. I think it'll be the first of three title fights. I think they'll stack that MSG card up. Okay, Colby a- absolutely Leon. fair. I didn't I didn't factor in three title fights. I think you're absolutely correct. That is probably yeah. right. A uh, couple more. Chris, uh, some great fights and some snoozers. Glad to have early fights back next week in London. Yes, very excited for that as well. Bueno Silva versus Pena for the title. Home versus, jo- versus Josiane Nunez. Let's see, do we have anything new? Park, Kyle Baraglio. Prado versus Terrence McKinney. Dumont versus Megan Anderson. That's got to be a joke. Sadikov versus Jordan Levitt. I bet no. it's not a joke because, like, you could see, you could convince me Megan Anderson is like, hey, UFC, I'll come back and be the champion of this not real weight class anymore. You could really? sell me on it. Mm. I don't think it's going to happen, but you could sell me on it. Seems to be doing just fine um, doing commentary and working for ESPN. I think she's... Okay, not now Amanda Nunes face. is not in the way. It's a whole opportunity to get a belt. <laughs> Just saying. That's if this division would moves on. Maybe. Crazier things would happen. Have happened. I don't think she's officially retired, so I wonder if she's still in the pool. Ooh. Something to look into. I'll see if I can pull up some use out of test history. Sadikov versus Jordan Levitt. Melsic versus Saldana. Maxim versus Steven Ursig. He's with you there. Uh, Elder versus Munoz. Dad Jackson, last one. 
Eileen Perez versus Josiane Nunez. I know that's a jump, and I'm lost on this one. Maybe Yana Santos if she goes back to 135. Costa versus Melzik. Sadikov versus Prado. Jack Della Maddalena versus Michael Morales. Jeez Louise. That's what you give JDM? Going to give him yeah. that, that animal? No, no, no. Way too soon for, for Michael Morales, and JDM is beyond that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's, um, you know, hard no. Yeah. If we're going to talk about, like, squash matches, Michael Morales should be fighting in some kind of squash match on a big card sooner rather than later. So those are the picks. So next week, it'll be kind of the same. No AK. So you could submit your picks to me. Just do it on Instagram like everybody did. M underscore heck JR. Jed, do you want to return next week and do it again? We might even be able to record the show after UFC London and after the post-fight show. So then Sunday's just free and clear. How about that? I was say, if I'm going to come back next week, it's going to have to be after the post-show. <laughs> so right. I'd be happy to do it, but uh, I would not be happy to do it Sunday morning. <laughs> so. Yes. Well, fair enough. So Jed, we'll try to get Jed back on next week's show. And that's it, everybody. Well, what do we have to... Let's pull up this UFC London card and see what we're dealing with here because... I know we have Tommy Aspinall's return from the really tough injury he had against Curtis Blades. He will be headlining against Marcin Tybora. This is not your... Uh, it's bad. This is not your 2022 London card, that's for sure. Molly McCann against Julia Stoliarenko in the co-main event. Nathaniel Wood, Andre Feely. That's a fun fight. Andre Muniz, Paul Craig making his middleweight. That's a fun fight. Jai Herbert, Ferez Siam. Lerone Murphy, Josh Kulabau. Davey Grant, Daniel Marcos, Danny Roberts, Johnny Parsons, Mark Casey, Joel Alvarez, Mick Parkin versus Jamal Pogues. Boy, if that's a heavyweight over, I've if I've ever seen one. So the most electric bet in, bet in MMA is definitely going to get on the books for that fight. Uh, Brian Barbarina versus Mahmoud Muradov, Ketlin Vieira versus Panny Kanzad, Chris Duncan Versus Yanal Ashmus, Bruna Brazil versus Shauna Bannon. Excited to see how Shauna Bannon does. And Jafel Filio, who had a great fight, a great showing. It's Mohamed Mahayev, takes on Daniel Berez. That is the fight card. God bless the UFC for this one. 15. Noon Eastern prelims, 3 p.m. Eastern main card. We have 15 fights, though. That's kind of tough, 15. but I don't feel like we're going to get 15 fights. Something's I... going down. Some surely, but still 15 is a lot. Um, I love this card because I think this card is just this card can tell you everything you need to know about the UFC and, and the modern era of, hey, look what we did last London card. Like the for when we went back to London for the first time, electric, just blow the doors off the gaff, as as Patty Pimblet says. And they go back the second time and it's maybe a little bit down from the first one, but still electric just stacking the card now we've been now we've been in london three or four times in the past year here's the slop guys eat it up because you we're gonna put some british people on this thing and that's all you need molly mccann will at least get the arena banging but you people at home it is this is the ufc in the modern era man fine fights a lot of them Nothing that's super memorable, except for maybe maybe the main event is at least relevant, even if it's probably not going to be super memorable. But we get to chant Tommy Aspinall, and that'll be fun. And we get a rare topology look where we haven't had a canceled fight yet. Not a single one. 
Usually there's like six or seven, but not a single one. A lot of real estate between now and then, but that is shocking um, for that to ever be the case. And we'll say at least it is, you know, there's a lot of home cooking in this card. We've got um, 15 fights and like 12, 11 of them have a English, Scottish, British person, you know, somebody from from that uh, portion of the world competing. So, you know. The, the the energy in the arena will probably be very good. The the London fans always show out. They love them. Somali McCann and Tommy Aspinall. It, this is going to be a lot more fun than this weekend. Say that. Maybe because, I mean, if you've followed the social media landscape since tickets went on sale for this car, apparently like a lot of the very loud, boisterous, fun fans are being priced out of this one. So... This kind of oh. has that 283 maybe vibe to it, or like, oh, the Brazilian crowd's going to be on fire. They haven't had an event in a while, and it turns out they could only fill up like 70% of the arena, and it's only rich people who don't watch fighting. I love capitalism where, hey, how can we make money at the expense of our product? Dope. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. I'll we have could. to take a, take a gander at uh, what these what these tickets look like. Well, we we could just continue to put on products that are universally beloved, that generate hundreds of millions of dollars, um, and that nobody has an issue with. Or we could try and replace writers with uh, shitty AI and price out our best fans from this event. Is is it's the scene in Jurassic Park in the original one? I'm dating myself. It's a really old movie at this point. Where the lawyer is like, we could charge whatever we want to. People will pay. It's freaking dinosaurs. And they all look at him like he's a freaking the serpent of the devil. Like, we're talking about children having fun. We can have a coupon day so the poor people can get in there. Just let UFC London should just be catering to random people, like soccer hooligans. Make this the most electric event of all time. (laughs) Just be like, hey, 10 quid. Get on in here and get rowdy as hell. It's going to be the most fun you have all weekend. That's how we should be handling this. They've actually sold a bunch of tickets. Um, there's probably only like a couple hundred left, but the cheapest seat available right now on Ticketmaster, um, at least uh, the conversion to U.S. dollars, $297.17 for the cheapest That's, seat left. That is not cheap <laughs> no it is not cheap but hey listen if you want to go check out a ufc car with a good atmosphere i feel like this one's going to give it to you and we'll talk Atmosphere's about it next as week. good as it can be yes well we'll talk about that card throughout the week and we'll talk about it on this show after it goes down early day mma just the way we like it ufc back in london as the road to ufc 291 continues on because that card absolutely rules so Thank you very much for joining us. Back next week. For Jed, I am Mike Heck. Always remember the golden rule. Don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. And we'll have more fun after UFC London right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. Love y'all. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. 
the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.